As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at. And illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio. And available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify. And all your favorite podcast directories. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes, or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. You know, uh, the, these revelations out of Washington regarding Spygate are coming so hot and heavy now that it's, it's hard to digest them all. It's like trying to drink from a fire hydrant. But, you know, uh, we knew it was bad. We didn't know how bad it was, just how widespread and pervasive the surveillance using the intelligence and law enforcement agencies of this country, the political surveillance that took place. And I believe uh, more and more we're learning that it was at the at the direction of Barack Obama. It went right into the White House. Everybody's uh, trying to keep their hands off that. Lindsey Graham came out and said, well, we're not going to call the president or the vice president. That would set set a bad precedent. I guess it would. But you know what else sets a bad precedent? The the president of the United States directing his uh, CIA and FBI chiefs to spy on political opponents and spreading that uh, misinformation all over the media. Uh, that's a bad precedent, too. And uh, the question's going to come uh, whether John Durham has the stones to actually follow this thing all the way to the end and uh, indict people for the abuse that went on at the direction of the White House and uh, Obama's White House. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of, Pundits are saying, well, you know, if we if we go down that road, we're going to be like a banana republic. I think we've long since passed the point of being a banana republic. At this point, we would put a lot of banana republics. We would uh, we would embarrass them. The Obama administration uh, was running uh, spies into the Trump campaign dangling incentives in front of them, trying to get them to uh, make a mistake so that they could tar Donald Trump with being a, a, an operative of Vladimir Putin. It was, a, it was such a, uh, an outrageous lie that it qualifies as George Orwell's big lies. And when you consider that at the same time this was going on, 
It was actually uh, the Clinton campaign that was paying a foreign spy to gather up Russian misinformation provided by their intelligence agencies to smear the president. Whatever they accuse you of, that is what they're doing themselves. And we wouldn't be in the place we are right now had it not been for uh, a patriot from California's Inland Empire, the breadbasket of the solar system, Devin Nunes, a dairy farmer that was uh, chairing the House Intelligence Committee that first came on uh, the, the outlines of this Spygate scandal and, uh, and blew the whistle. They forced him to step down from his chairmanship uh, temporarily because they, they somehow convinced um, the, the spineless Republicans that, that telling the pre- incoming president of the United States that he, his campaign had been spied on was somehow uh, unethical. Not only was it ethical, it was a, a patriotic thing to do. And Devin Nunes is a real hero. They ought to be erecting statues to that man somewhere, a dairy farmer in the, in the great tradition of, um, you know, uh, agricultural, uh, agrarian leaders in this country has, uh, has been the key player that has brought us to the realizations that we're, we're seeing today. But, um, you know, I get so tired of hearing Obama's defenders and his mouthpieces in the media saying that his administration was without a whiff of scandal. Without a whiff of scandal is what they like to say. This man has been responsible for the, the biggest abuse of government power in the history of this country, the greatest political scandal in our 250-year history. And we've got Lindsey Graham saying, oh, hands off, hands off. We're not allowed to, to, uh, to call Obama or Biden to testify on all of this. And, uh, you know, Bill, Bill Barr is absolutely the right man for the job. I, I think he's having some problems because the president, uh, you know, is, is making his job more difficult by, by demanding people be brought to justice. And so the Democrats will say that these are, you know, partisan prosecutions. The president uh, should allow his, uh, his spokespeople outside of government to carry the ball on that, and he should let Bill Barr and um, and John Durham do their work. Here is Bill Barr uh, talking about the outlines of uh, this investigation that he's got John Durham just, uh, pursuing. The law enforcement and intelligence apparatus of this country were involved in advancing a false and utterly baseless Russian collusion narrative against the president. The proper investigative and prosecutive standards of the Department of Justice were abused, in my view, in order to reach a particular result. We saw two different standards of justice emerge, one that applied to President Trump and his associates, and the other that applied to everybody else. We can't allow this ever to happen again. The Durham investigation is trying to get to the bottom of what happened, and it will determine whether there were any federal laws broken, and if there were, 
those who broke the laws uh, will be held to account. Does that include Obama? But this cannot be, and it will not be, a tit-for-tat exercise. We are not going to lower the standards just to achieve a result. The only way to stop this vicious cycle, the only way to break away from a dual system of justice is to make sure that we scrupulously apply the single and proper standard of justice for everybody. Now, under the longstanding standards of the department, criminal charges are appropriate only when we have enough evidence to prove each element of a crime. Well, I, uh, I wait with bated breath. Uh, uh, the hourglass is running short. We've got a few more months left on this administration, and Donald Trump's reelection is by no means in the bag. I would say that uh, the deep state is probably going to uh, mobilize again to try to defeat Donald Trump. We see now that uh, even in response to this pandemic, you've got these resistance actors inside the federal government that are determined to keep this economy closed down because they think it will harm Donald Trump. But this is, uh, this is basically the, uh, the wrap-up smear that Nancy Pelosi spoke about. Uh, being adopted and deployed by the FBI and the CIA at the direction of a, a political campaign. It's, uh, it's the most disgusting event that has ever happened in our country's history. And tr- truly Banana Republic style. I'll, I'll play you this clip of Nancy Pelosi describing this wrap-up smear. Filling you demonize, and then you, it, we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this. So they have that validation that the press reported the smear. And then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic. It's a and tactic. It's, it's, it's self-evident. It's self-evident. That is exactly what they deployed with that so-called uh, intelligence assessment, the ICA, the Intelligence Community Assessment, that we were told for six months was written by 17 of the spy agencies, and it turned out it was written by um, Clapper, Comey, and Brennan and the 17 other uh, agencies that never participated in that intelligence community assessment. But they, what they basically did is they, um, they merchandised the seal dossier. Hillary Clinton had been trying to push that, uh, that uh, steel dossier out into the media for months and during the election. And uh, I guess to their credit, the media uh, did not have any, verification that anything in that uh, dossier was true. And so they, uh, they held off. And so Clapper, Comey and Brennan uh, trotted up to Trump tower after the election, carrying this intelligence community assessment that had an addendum of the dossier. And they left Jim Comey behind to tell the president that uh, the, uh, the dossier said that he had uh, these P-tapes, uh, that uh, the Russians had P-tapes, knowing that uh, there was no truth to any of that. 
But that was the hook that the media uh, needed to to push the dossier out into the public. Not that any of it had been validated, but based on the hook that Comey had briefed the president. Either Comey or Clapper or Brennan left that meeting and immediately let their friends in the media know over at CNN and BuzzFeed that the president had, had been briefed. And so everybody started publishing this smear document that they used in this wrap-up smear against Donald Trump. Tom Fenton is not real sanguine that anything is going to come of this. Here he is appearing, Tom Fenton, of uh, of the... Um, I can't remember the name of his uh, his organization, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll remember it after this clip. But he's not uh, convinced anything is going to come of all this. Criminal investigation going on. Why does the FBI have any flexibility here? We wouldn't if we were under investigation. Is the FBI under investigation for this criminal conduct or not? If so, then why haven't the agency's servers been taken from the, F- the agency by the prosecutors, Mr. Durham. That's the way a criminal investigation is done, but I don't think we're seeing a criminal investigation. I think we're seeing an administrative review that may result in a crime here or there being in, uh, prosecuted, but nothing serious. I'm tired of it, Lou. I'm tired of it, too. As it is. And I don't, believe, crim- I don't believe that uh, anything is going to come of this in a big way. They, they, they may throw a few of the smaller fish, you know, as uh, sacrifices, uh, but this is not going to uh, to to lead to uh, Barack Obama or Joe Biden. Joe Biden, uh, he can't re- he can't remember uh, his his story. You know, he changes it day to day, even sentence to sentence on his part in all of this. And all of this went on over a three year period where the Republicans in Congress didn't issue a single subpoena to. Uh, to the Obama administration designed to get to the bottom of this. He had Richard Burr over there at the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee. He was chairing that, basically just holding Mark Warner's coat while he teed off on Donald Trump. And now Burr has had to step down because he's been caught violating uh, a law that uh, forbid him from using insider information to uh, to make market trades. He liquidated his whole stock portfolio after receiving a, a, a classified briefing on the coronavirus. And uh, and Lindsey Graham over there, he's finally getting drug, drug kicking and screaming to uh, to issue some subpoenas. He's, he's saying going in that he absolutely refuses to uh, to call Biden or Obama. And uh, I'm going to take you on a little walk down memory lane. This is uh, Maria Bartiromo with uh, Senator Lindsey on asking him, what the hell? You've been promising subpoenas for years and you still haven't done it. I've got to tell you, though, I mean, we've been talking about this now for three years. And when I first came on the scene and said, look, this is a coup to take down Donald Trump, I got slammed. Everybody out there was just going on this, you know, Russia collusion uh, witch hunt, which was ridiculous. And you told me repeatedly over the last couple of years, as I continue to bring this evidence forth, in February of 2019, you said, I'm going to subpoena Rosenstein, Yates, Strzok, Mm -hmm. Comey. Mm -hmm. In July of 19, you said, I'm vowing to do a deep dive. In August 19, you said, 
we will make sure this never happens again. September right. 22nd, 2019, you came on this show. You said we're ready to start calling people. October 29, I'm going to call Horowitz and subpoena. November yeah. 19, I'm going to call Horowitz after the findings. You are the only one with subpoena power right now in the Republican Party. We need yeah. you to call these individuals down to testify as witnesses. People want you to move on this, yeah. Senator. Yeah. Are you? Oh, my God. Do something. Do something. Going to do it. Yeah, but I've told you and I'll tell you again, I'm not going to interfere in an ongoing criminal matter. This is a rule of law nation. I'm a politician. My goal is to write a report on how I got off the rails, but I can promise you okay. we're going to do it right. I'm not going to jump into the middle of this case. But when do you, Did you ever hear any of the Democrats saying this is a rule of law nation and I'm not going to interfere in an ongoing criminal investigation when they were going after Donald Trump? No. They were... Uh, Guns are blazing full speed ahead, but Lindsay is going to take a hands-off approach. And now you've got Marco Rubio, the same kind of cut from the same cloth as Lindsey Graham. You know, one of the old, old style get along by going along Republicans. And he is, uh, he's taking the reins of the Senate intelligence committee from bill, uh, from Richard Burr. And, uh, and I, I have not a lot of confidence that, uh, he will pursue with any more vigor than Senator Lindsey over there at the Senate Judiciary Committee. So, you know, we're, we're absolutely at the mercy of, of whether or not uh, John Durham is going to be able to finish this and bring charges prior to the election. Even if he does, even if he brings indictments. There's no way that this will be adjudicated before the election. So if Donald Trump wins, or if Donald Trump loses... Donald Trump loses the election. This is all going to be swept under the rug and, and the Democrats are going to get away with it again. Let's see if I got any more clips on this topic. Ah, here we got Kimberly Stossel from the wall street journal. One of the most hard hitting, uh, um, reporters on this or any other topic talking about this, uh, this dossier and being sourced from Russian disinformation. Notes now revealed, and, and they, these are footnotes that were in the IG report. And because of pressure from certain uh, senators, they were recently declassified because they had been blocked out in the original report. And what they show is that the FBI was alerted early on by other sources of it that uh, there was good reason to believe that Christopher Steele had been deliberately targeted by Russian intelligence to be. Let that soak in for just a second. The FBI and the CIA knew before they went and briefed Trump on this dossier that this was bought and paid for as opposition research by the Hillary Clinton campaign. And they knew that the, uh, the source of Christopher Steele's dossier was Russian intelligence sources. So they, yeah, Russia interfered in the election. All right. And it was bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton and weaponized by the Obama intelligence and uh, law enforcement agencies. Be the subject of a disinformation campaign. So what does that mean? It doesn't just mean that the information that he fed to the FBI was incorrect. It meant that the Russians may well have been using the FBI 
to interfere with our election, that they somehow had a sense that Christopher Steele was reporting these things back to authorities of some level, and they were feeding him incorrect information. So in other words, yes, the Russians interfered in our election, potentially with an enormous assist from no other than the FBI. No other than the FBI. Bruce and Nellie Orr. Nellie Orr working for Fusion GPS, the contractor that was uh, paying Christopher Steele. She was taking these dossiers, giving it to her, her husband, and he was, in, uh, was uh, putting it into the bloodstream over there at the FBI. Even after the FBI knew it was a bunch of hokum. Oh, we got about five minutes left in this segment. I want to remind you real quick to go over to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com and get your your uh, two-month. I better pull this up before I uh, misspeak myself. Uh, get your uh, If you go to preparewithmojo50, it'll take you to My Patriot Supply, and you can get your four-week emergency food supply and save $100 if you order today. Normally $297, you can get it for $197 and get same-day free shipping. It's 2,000 calories a day with a 25-year shelf life. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. You'll save $100 if you order today by going to preparewithmojo50.com. So the president yesterday announced uh, during a press conference, actually uh, didn't announce it, just happened to mention it in the uh, course of the the uh, questioning that he has, in fact, for about a week and a half, been taking hydroxychloroquine and the, the azithromycin, the Z-Packs, and that he feels fine, never felt better. <laughs> and the media absolutely lost their minds. I have to, I'm duty-bound to begin with you tonight why would President Trump take this medication? And more importantly to some people, why would he talk about it? This is I think he's taking it. I mean, it's, it's all of our best guesses. I imagine he's taking it to save face. What's happened since he's first issued his proclamations at the White House. So the doctor now is now a, a psychologist, and he's mind-reading the president. He's not taking it because he's leaving the White House and going out in the public, and he believes that it is a good prophylactic against the uh, the Wuhan virus. It has been validated in uh, many international studies, the studies that have been done in the United States. We have no, no way of knowing whether or not, you know, uh, they're being influenced politically because they're coming from New York, the, the home of the hashtag resistance. But MSNBC and Brian Williams has this doctor on here who, who's saying, well, uh, my firm medical opinion is the president is doing this, doing it to save face. Press briefing about a month and a half ago that everybody should take it. What do you have to lose? Well, you know what's happened? There's been clear studies, one here amongst the veteran population, another in France that showed, in fact, hydroxychloroquine is associated with harm. <laughs> Uh, they go back to that old canard, hydroxychloroquine can kill you. Yeah. You know what else can kill you? Aspirin can kill you. If you've got uh, contraindications of taking it or if you take too much, 
You know what else can kill you? Vitamin A. Vitamin A can kill you. Any prescription drug can kill you. That's why they're prescription drugs. Because your doctor has to make sure that you're a good candidate to receive that drug. And I'm quite sure that the White House physicians are satisfied that the president is a good candidate to take this drug. That doctor there said that it's been disproven in France. That is exactly opposite of the truth. Um, That that, uh, French virologist, I can't, Dieter, I think his name is, has studied it on thousands of patients and, and had very good results. It's been studied elsewhere, even in this country, and shown to have good results. It's got just the same quality of positive studies that this resmendavir has. I always have to slow down when I uh, start to say that uh, that the name of that drug, resmendavir. Rem- <laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about this hydroxychloroquine brouhaha, the kerfuffle. When we come back from a break, we're also going to take a look at uh, what's going on in the Democrat nomination. It appears that Mark Cuban is jockeying for and positioning himself to be the the Democrats' nominee once they admit that Joe Biden is uh, in no way up to this job and would likely lose the election to Donald Trump. You're going to hear two brief commercial messages, and then we'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Remdesivir, remdesivir, <laughs> remdesivir. I don't know, every time I come on that word, I can't remember how to pronounce it. But, uh, of course, the president yesterday uh, told uh, some reporters in response to uh, uh, interview questions that he has, in fact, been taking hydroxychloroquine for a couple of weeks. And uh, the media absolutely melted down. They, they have lost their minds. We can't take that. I think they're afraid it might work. Yeah, the doctor, um, Vin Gupta, I guess he's Sanjay Gupta's brother, 
He's a medical doctor that uh, has decided he's going to practice psychiatry on the president and determine what his true motivations for taking hydroxychloroquine on. But he wasn't uh, he wasn't even the worst of the guests that uh, were appearing with uh, Brian Williams. But we'll start him off ago that everybody should take it. What do you have to lose? Well, you know what's happened? There's been clear studies. One. Let's go forward a little bit basically doing is promoting misinformation and arguably because what we do know when he said everybody should take it that has COVID-19 what do you have to lose prescriptions went up 46 times well if prescriptions went up 46 times Van Gupta then that means other medical doctors have looked at the clinical information and determined that it is a safe and effective treatment and there is really very little downside of um, prescribing hydroxychloroquine. I've taken it. Just about anybody that's been in the U.S. military has taken it. When you go to countries with, uh, with malaria, they give you uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic. There's no reason not to take it. it if, if you don't have any contraindications, there's very little risk. Let's go back into this uh, Brian Williams piece. Bound to add that he has some measure of heart disease and um, a weight issue, which the Speaker of the House tonight could not help herself on CNN and said it is um, uh, uh, what, what does she call it? Um, morbidly obese. Oh, we got the Speaker of the House insulting the president, fat shaming him. So we got to get that dig in there. Um. So we add that into the equation as well, don't we? Listen, oh, I can't, I can't bear to listen to <laughs> Gupta. I guess he's the Fredo of the Gupta family. Here's, uh, here's Trump admitting that he's been taking the, rism- the uh, hydroxychloroquine. Many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. The braying, the braying hyenas. When, right uh, now, yeah. yeah when, a couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right, I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years for malaria, for lupus, for other things. I take it. Frontline workers take it. A lot of doctors take it. Excuse me. A lot of doctors take it. I take it. <laughs> they are just determined to make the hydroxychloroquine the, uh, the boogeyman, despite the fact that it is a, a widely prescribed cheap drug that's been on the market for uh, over half a century. And there are studies that are just as valid as the ones on that other drug. <laughs> <laughs> remdesivir uh, that uh, that show it is effective but i i can tell you one thing donald trump needs to have a taster for his hydroxychloroquine he needs to have somebody taking uh taking it or or that uh that drug needs to be in a safe somewhere because if these uh hashtag resistance people can get in there and and uh replace it with a poison they would certainly do that in order to discredit Donald Trump and the hydroxychloroquine. There's billions and billions of dollars, probably hundreds of billions of dollars to me to be made off of uh, remdesivir and other drugs that uh, that are simply not available uh, for the hydroxychloroquine. I actually think that it's not the hydroxychloroquine 
or at least not by itself. I think the key to it is the azithromycin, the so-called Z-packs, that's zinc. And um, if you uh, if you keep some zinc lozenges at home, you, you are definitely doing the right thing because it will uh, keep uh, the replication of a virus down to a minimum and allow your own immune system a fighting chance in, uh, in uh, defeating it. First sign of a sore throat you get, you ought to be taking the zinc. I think, I don't know for sure, but I think that I had the, uh, the Wuhan virus. Um, I was in bed for about three days with uh, flu symptoms, aching joints. Uh, and uh, then on the third day in the middle of the night, I, uh, I woke up in a pool of sweat and apparently my fever broke and I was, I was better after that. But I, uh, I started taking zinc. I always do with the first sign of an illness. And um, and it never got into my lungs. I never had the cough. I had all of the other um, symptoms. I've got this clip here of Nancy Pelosi getting in her dig at Donald Trump. Saying that he's now taking hydroxychloroquine. Um He's our president, and I would rather he not be taking something that has not been approved uh, by the scientists, especially in his age group and in his, shall we say, weight group, what is morbidly obese, they say. So I I, I think it's not a good idea. Oh, the, the physician, Nancy Pelosi, has determined that it's not a good idea because she knows better than the White House physician or the thousands of doctors and frontline workers that are taking hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic across this country. Even on Fox News, O'Neill Cavuto, he wet his pants, absolutely wet his pants when he learned that Donald Trump was taking hydroxychloroquine. A VA study showed that among a population of uh, veterans in, in a hospital receiving this treatment, those with vulnerable conditions, respiratory conditions, heart ailments, they died. There are also a number of other studies out, including the Journal of the American Medical Association, which examined some 1,438 individuals in the New York area. In the New York area. So you're going to trust the health system out of New York, the, the ground zero, the epicenter of the hashtag resistance. Now, I'll, I'll take the, the word of the, uh, the early studies that were out of France with uh, uh, Didier a world-renowned epidemiologist that studied this and said it had a, a great effect. And again and again, in the United States, we have, we've seen positive stories, but they, tend, they, they want to ignore those and pretend that uh, only the, the downsides. Have these people ever watched a drug commercial on TV with these, these uh, long disclaimers at the end? It'll make your hair fall out. It'll make you break out in hives. It'll make you impotent. It could kill you. That's the same with any drug, any prescription drug. That's why they are prescription drugs. Back to Cavuto. Across 25 hospitals from the middle of March to the end of March, the study was a real chance to look at the, 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 the benefits that the president insisted were hydroxychloroquine. They concluded that among uh, residents hospitalized in metropolitan New York with COVID-19, the treatment or both compared with neither treatment, no statistical differences. A second study done by Justin Jalaris and colleagues at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, Columbia 
University Irving Medical Center in northern Manhattan. For in northern Manhattan, Columbia University. Now do the studies that, uh, that said positive things. No, Neil Cabuto is not going to do that. March 7th to April 8th also showed there were no visible differences, that the risk of intubation or death was not significantly higher or lower among patients who received hydroxychloroquine versus those who did not. The VA study to which the president alluded. The VA study was uh, late in the, uh, the course of the illness when people were on death's door, so it wasn't a valid indication of whether or not it keeps you from getting the, uh, the Wuhan virus. It wasn't a loaded political one. It was a test on patients there and those who took it in a vulnerable population, including those with respiratory or other conditions, they died. I want to stress again, they died. They were on death's door, Neil Cavuto. If you are in a risky population here and you are taking this as a preventative uh, treatment to ward off the virus or in a worst case scenario, you are dealing with the virus and you are in this vulnerable population, it will kill you. It will kill you. Obviously, he's not in the vulnerable population, Neil. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been um, prescribed it. I've got one more clip. This is James Carville, um, who the Raging Cajun, who is can always be counted on for a over-the-top soundbite. And but everything he does, it's for a reason that he thinks it helps him. Is the reason that he's trying to tell his supporters, "Hey, take this and you'll be safe." So go go shop and spend your money so we get the economy going because it helps me in twenty twenty. Was there something else going on, or he just enjoyed lying no, and having he, to talk about? He touted that that thing for three weeks. And of course it came back and if anything, it, it, it negative impact. And so all of his supporters, the people are laughing at him. And so he's trying to buck them up and saying, Oh no, it works. I'm taking it. Let me tell you something. If Carville and Pelosi and CNN and Neil Cavuto really believed that hydroxychloroquine was going to have negative effects on the president, they would be urging him to take it. Nancy Pelosi would like nothing more than Donald Trump to drop dead. And the very fact that they're, uh, they're against it tells you that uh, they believe that it, it probably does work. But yesterday, uh, the New York Stock Exchange, the Dow Jones average, was up 900 points, the biggest one-day increase in many years. And they did. Uh, that was on the news that this uh, pharmaceutical company, Moderna, 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 um, had uh, was on track with uh, early trials on a vaccine uh, that, if it continues uh, like this, uh, might be available uh, by early next year. Despite the fact that Fauci's been running around telling us that uh, there's no way that uh, we'll have a vaccine ready but, uh, that quickly. Moderna is on track. And of course, this is a race to find a vaccine for this. Um, there is, there's so much money to be made. And Bill Gates is, um, is all about that because he's, he's heavily invested in these. He wants to, he wants to immunize. He wants to, uh, vaccinate the entire world. And he's, he's, uh, invested in this. Uh, effort not only monetarily but uh, he 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 wants to be you know one of these masters of the universe he wants everybody uh, 
to uh, to be vaccinated, and he wants them to have a subdermal chip that can be read to prove that they have received their vaccinations in order to work or go outside or travel. You see what this clip is with Bill Gates. He's uh, he's basically touting vaccines and health care. By perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Ten billion dollars over the next 10 years uh, to make it the year of the vaccines. What does that mean exactly? Well, over this decade, uh, we believe unbelievable progress can be made, both inventing new vaccines and making sure they get out to all the children who need them. Uh, We could cut the number of children who die every year from about 9 million to half of that uh, if we have success on it. And the, the benefits there in terms of reducing sickness, reducing the population growth, it really allows... Reducing the population growth. He, he, he looks at this as a way to control the population. Now, how does vaccinating everybody in the world control population? Well, answer to that may be found in another one of Gates' clips talking about vaccines. And then we're taking things that are, you know, genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. <laughs> we know that uh, Bill Gates has used uh, Africa as a testing ground for his, uh, his vaccine schemes. We also know, by the way, that Dr. Andrew Fauci is, uh, sits on the board of uh, one of Gates' foundations pushing these vaccines. And, um, and I mentioned that, uh, you know, Bill Gates was motivated, motivated by windfall. He's invested $10 billion into this. And here's what he says about the possible return on that investment. You've invested $10 billion in vaccinations over the last two decades, and you figured out the return on investment for that. And it kind of stunned me. Can you walk us through the math? Over a 20 to 1 return. So if you just look at the economic benefits, uh, that's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. I think the numbers that you ran through were if you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. 20 to 1 return. Now, you could say that uh, Bill Gates has got more money than a man could ever spend in his life or his children's life or his, the, the rest of his, his uh, pro, uh, posterity's life. That's not how these people think. They, they look at money as power, and certainly Bill Gates has, um, has gotten power f- uh, far beyond his qualifications by virtue of throwing, uh, throwing all of this money around. Hmm. And he wants to implant the entire world with, uh, what does he call them, uh, certificates, um, so that they can uh, they will be required to get these vaccines that he's so heavily invested in in order to carry on normal life. So Joe Biden is still locked down in his basement. Uh, I guess before we go to this story, I need to remind you to run over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's an unusual URL. It's AmericaFirstRadio.shop. And get yourself one of these banana bags, oral uh, solutions to prevent or treat dehydration. It's loaded with, um, with vitamins that will restore your immune system, B-complex and A-vitamins. And 
It will rehydrate you with a, uh, a solution of, of um, electrolytes. You don't want to end up in a hospital. That's the last place you want to be anytime. And uh, definitely during this, uh, this day and age. So go to AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get yours today. It's $15.50 for a five-pack. You can put it in your medicine chest next time you're overexerted or dehydrated from a medical condition. Or if you just have a hangover, you can uh, take one of these and it'll, uh, it'll put you right back in the, in the running. So Joe Biden, he, he's still locked down in his basement. The deputy communications director for the Democrat National Committee was on a news show the other day and uh, talking about the upcoming convention. And she said, yes, we have to go forward with a convention because Joe Biden is not our nominee. And I think she sort of let slip from a lot of behind-the-scenes discussions that the Democrat Party can't possibly go into the election with Joe Biden as their standard bearer. It just ain't going to work. And I've got uh, I, I I haven't played any uh, any montages of Joe Biden gaffing in a long time, so I'm going to try to make up for it with this one. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. It makes no sense. We got to, it's just, yeah. but you got to, I mean, the, the, we got to reassure, look, my. It makes no sense. And, uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we uh, we are in a position that. We are. It makes no sense. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. So he's locked down in his basement. Uh, this is the time of year when you're really supposed to hit the ground running if you uh, stand a chance of unseating an incumbent. And Joe Biden dares not come out of his basement because he's really in the target zone for this virus. Uh, maybe he's hoping that if he stays there, that Donald Trump will get the virus. And, uh, maybe that's why they're so, uh, distraught that the president is, uh, taking, uh, these hydroxychloroquine and Z packs, but, uh, more and more, it looks like they're going to have to replace, uh, Joe Biden on this ticket. And, uh, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and uh, he's a multi-billionaire. He is positioning himself. He's starting to uh, make policy prescriptions and a lot of appearances on the news show. And um, here's what Mark Cuban has to say about the coronavirus and China. We've got to recognize that, particularly dealing with a pandemic like this, this is a global issue and we're a global citizen. And we, we're getting into the habit of trying to place blame. You know, one of my friends asked me a simple question. What if China invents the vaccine first? Are they going to give it to us? You know, and not because, you know, they're bad people. That's not- Well, they are bad people. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Chinese record in this pandemic. They purposely spread it throughout the world. Mark Cuban saying they're not bad people. They're not bad folks, folks. But what if they get the vaccine first? You know what? I wouldn't take a vaccine that was developed by China. Not after what they did weaponizing this Wuhan virus. And I guess I should say, you know, for new listeners, what they did was they locked down 
the province of um, or the uh, the city of Wuhan with about 10 million people and they they refuse to allow travel from that province to other areas in China but they continued to allow hundreds of thousands of people from this Ubei province Wubei province to travel internationally including many tens of thousands to the United States while at the same time telling the world that this virus did not transmit human to human. Mark Cuban, they're not bad folks, folks. Invest the vaccine first. Are they going to give it to us? You know, and not because, you know, they're bad people. That's not what I think at all. I think, you know, just the disharmony, the, the conflict that's been created uh, at a, you know, at a government level, you know, are we going to, if we come up with it first, are we going to share it with them? Yes, we would. I mean, that's terrifying when you think about it, that it's just not obvious that anybody who comes up with the vaccine should share it with the world immediately. And that's what we should be saying. Hey world, you know, we're all in this together. You know, from what I read, we brought in scientists from around the world to work together. To- so Mark Cuban, they're not bad folks, folks. Keep in mind, he's a, an owner from an NBA team. And uh, the Chinese Communist Party has banned uh, NBA games in China as a result of just a very slight criticism of uh, China by one of their, their executives. I think it was uh, from the Houston Rockets. Are the Houston Rockets still a, still a team? It was one of the uh, the Texas teams. He just made a very slight uh, offhand aside that, was, that the Chinese communists considered critical, and so they uh, they immediately retaliated against the NBA. And you had uh, LeBron James and all the other NBA stars uh, doing the kowtowing, and now we've got Mark Cuban doing the same. But um, Cuban is also. Um, made statements that uh, lead you to believe that he's all in on this Marxist drift that we're engaged in now, paying people to stay at home while we've got this economy locked down. Here is uh, here is his latest prescriptions to pay people not to work. Yesterday when you tweeted that every household you believe should get a $1,000 check every two weeks, but they have to use it in 10 days or lose it. Tell us why you put out this tweet. Let me just uh, re- re-say that. 128 million households, he's going to mail each household $1,000 every two weeks. That's $2,000 a month for 128 million households. And they have to spend it. They have to go on a spending spree. Use it or lose it. Don't don't save it for a rainy day. Get out there and spend it. How are you going to get people to go back to work? We're already paying people more in unemployment benefits to sit home than to go back to work. And you can bet that that was a design strategy by the Democrats to get people used to getting a government check and not having to work, an actual disincentive to work. Here's Mark Cuban. Well, what's happening right now is, you know, we've had programs, the PPP and others that allow businesses to keep on paying their employees. But because of all the uncertainty of whether or not people are going to continue to lose their jobs, 36 million have lost their jobs. 
people are saving more and spending less. We need to inspire people to spend more. Oh, we don't need to inspire people to save. We need to inspire them to spend so they can buy a bunch of cheap goods from China and clutter their house with it. We need to create consumer um, demand. 67% of our GDP is from consumer demand. And really, until we can give them confidence that they're going to have their jobs, they won't. So the $1,000 every two weeks basically says, we're going to give you $1,000 and you have to spend it. If you don't use it, you lose it. The goal there is to stimulate demand because... The real goal there is to break out of the uh, the the Democrats that are sitting on the sidelines hoping uh, that uh, Joe Biden gets replaced at the convention and make Mark Cuban... The front runner, he is most certainly running for president of the United States. He knows what excites the Democrat base, and it's free money from the government. Peter Navarro, um, I'm trying to find this, uh, this, the rest of the story on China. Well, let's talk about reopening in the time we've got left. Peter Navarro was appearing on the White House lawn talking about reopening and here's what he had to say. Uh, California is my home state. I think it's going to become a red state with that kind of leadership. The reality is that if we don't open this economy back up, we're not going to have an economy. And here's the other reality that the medical doctors haven't been telling you. Yeah, the China virus kills directly. But if we keep our economy shut down, we're not only going to lose trillions of dollars in wealth and economic activity, that China virus shock to the economy kills as well. Suicides, drug abuse, depression. And guess what? All those. Yep. Sean, uh, the uh, the cure is worse than the disease. But the, the Democrats are seizing the opportunity. And now you got Mark Cuban stepping forward and saying, well, we can just print more money and paper the nation with it and make people spend it. And in the Democrat states, uh, Andrew Cuomo, who has oddly become, you know, uh, the star in the Democrat Party, despite the fact that his his state has had the worst and most ineffectual response to this, and that he has, in fact, issued a, a death certificate for thousands of elderly people by sending uh, infected patients back into those nursing facilities. But, uh, you know, you've got uh, Pritzker in Illinois who's, uh, who's threatening to uh, arrest anybody that goes back to work and Whitmire in Michigan and Murphy in, uh, in New Jersey. They are absolutely all on board with keeping this economy locked up as long as possible. And all of this is being done by, uh, by following the advice of Bill Gates' buddy Andrew Fauci. Stacey Abrams wants to be president, too, but she wants to ride Joe Biden into the White House and, and uh, be the de facto president until and if Joe Biden has to resign or, uh, or goes to meet his maker. Stacey Abrams is a fraud that uh, has been foisted upon us by the Democrats. I've got some personal experience with her, and I can tell you that her list of accomplishments could be written on a on a uh, postcard. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then.
When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. 